Hello? Hey, Katiekins. It's Rosalie. Want to have a slumber party? <sighs> Maybe you're just the kind of bizarro influence we need. Forget it. No more jobs here. Uh-uh, I think you'd be a great manager. I'm gonna suggest it to the girls. I've given up trying to assimilate. Mm -hmm. I've got to get back to my own kind. Although... I have developed a greater appreciation for the female version of the human anatomy. Oh! Howard, you really are the worst. <laughs> Slumberkins, I'm Rosalie Kicks. And I'm Katie McBrown. And we are best friends forever. Each episode, Katie Kins and I roll out our sleeping bags, pick out a flick featuring one of our favorite heartthrobs, and we gab about it. If you're just joining us for the first time, we hope you brought your snacks. And here is how the show works. So Katie and I visit an imaginary video store. We pick out a movie that features the heartthrob of the month. And then we get together and we talk about it to see if it's worthy enough to be placed on our coveted slumber party watch shelf. And before we start gabbing today, Katie and I actually were both given the honor, or should I say, <laughs> regretfully so, we were given the opportunity to watch the first Fear Street part one that is presently on Netflix. So I thought it would be fun if we talk about it. I will say, I mean, I was very honored to get the like early watch, like preview, because this is something that I was intrigued about and I definitely wanted to see. So to be able to watch it like a couple days before it came out, like it felt like kind of like I was sneaking into a movie theater. And I don't know, I, I feel like we both have a lot to say, but like also like nothing to say about it. If yeah. That makes sense. I, of course, was on the hook to write a full review, and it was one of those reviews where I find if I don't really care for the movie, it's a lot easier for me to write about because yeah. I can pinpoint like, oh, I, I didn't like this, you know, and I can talk about that, where it's if I really love a movie, sometimes it's hard because I want the review to be really good because I want people to go out and watch it. And like you might write like a novel because you're just like so into it. So it's like pages and pages of like praise. And then people are like, all right, cut it out, lady. We got it. You like it. Exactly. So with this, I feel what you just said is basically what I summarized in my article is that there's so much going on in this movie, but nothing at all. And I mean that because there's nothing I really care about that's I honestly, I think the movie for the first, the opening had me like invested maybe because of like the nostalgia of like a mall. I mean, B Dalton's, the neon, like I remember you saying like everything was drenched in like black lights in that one mm -hmm. store, like very Spencer's like. And I really, really, really had high hopes that it was going to be just perfect, like or not perfect, but at least for my nostalgia, like I was like, yes, this is going to capture that R.L. Stein Fear Street from when I read books, read the books as a kid. And it, 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 it stopped cr pretty quick. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, I was like ready for the ride. And then I wanted to get off. Yeah, I actually, I really loved the opening so much. And mm -hmm. 
it was funny because, of course, as he always is, Ben was watching along with us. He's like always just kind of like in the shadows, that Ben. <laughs> He's like my little parrot. <laughs> on your, that, that's, what, that's what I meant, a yeah. parrot on your shoulder. He was like watching me react to the opening and I was like, oh my God, I love this. Like yeah. I might have fist pumped. I was yes. like so thrilled because to your point, it opens like in this mall and it's clearly 1990 something 94 94 thank you that's part of the title (laughs) and it was just it reminded me of when I was a kid because I would have been like 10 or 11 at that point right and my mom used to take my brother and I to the mall and my first stop it wasn't B Dalton's but it was Walden Books oh yeah we didn't have a B Dalton's either we just had Walden Books yeah, and I used I was always allowed to get a Fear Street. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, my mom cuz they were only like a few bucks. And I used to really be particular. Like I would look at all the covers and decide and the co- which the one. The covers were so captivating cuz it was almost like a teen like just for teens, obviously. But like, you know, when you would like sometimes be browsing through the bookstore and you would get to like the romance section and the like picture, like the the images were just so kind of naughty that you're like, oh, I can't believe I see like I'm looking at this. I feel like the R.L. Stein books kind of had like a little a little bit of that as well, where there are like two girls like sitting real close to each other wearing like nightgowns on the phone with like a stranger and yes. you're just like I I'm gonna get this book like well, it's coming with me I like that you brought this up because whenever I went to Walden books my mom would just give me like you know five six bucks whatever mm-hmm. and it was just like here you go you can get something and then I would always want it in a bag mm-hmm like, I don't want my mom to see the cover because then she's probably going to be like, what are you reading? Yeah. Like, what is that? What who's like, what's happening on that image? I don't know if this is appropriate for you. Yeah. I, I really was invested as you were in the opening. And I don't feel I'm spoiling anything because this happens right in the beginning. But they completely recreate the scream kill. Mm-hmm, the happens. slow-mo. Mm-hmm. Like where it slows down, he gets her from behind. She pulls yes. the mask down. Like it's a lot. It's very almost like frame by frame. Yeah, which I love because I love that somebody would pay homage to Scream because it's great. Right. So from there, I was okay. This is what we're doing. We're gonna like refer back to old slashers on mm-hmm. here. I I want this. But then yeah. after that, it was just what the hell. And it's also almost like two hours, which is a definite no from me. (laughs) Like when it comes to horror, that is a no. Yeah. You have to go in fast in that, like get me, get me really enticed and ready for this and then have a bunch of like crazy kills, a little bit of scary, whatever sounds and ominous music. And then you need to wrap it up. Like I don't need to be listening because I feel like there was definitely a part where you were texting me where you're like why are these teens always yelling and I was like you're right they're literally always screaming at each other it's so obnoxious and it was also just about a lot of stuff that I didn't care about yeah I know I I mentioned this in my review and I definitely told you and Ben like seven times at this point 
I just feel it should have been like 87 minutes and this like chiller thriller and I'm fine with it being three parts. It did not need to be that long. And the fact that like each part is going to be longer, that terrifies me. (laughs) I think our only hope is that the second, this one, like, isn't it the camp one in like 1978 is written by somebody else. We might get a better movie. I'm scared because my my hopes have dropped and then it's also longer. So like I just I, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just a little different. Yeah, I I agree. I I, I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch it. You know? I do want to like um, since we haven't seen it, I do want to call it right now since it takes place at a camp. Do you think they're going to have like a Jason kill kind of like Camp Crystal Lake vibe? I guess echoing image of Jason killing somebody but not like but not jason like the other like the witch or whatever yeah and i guess once people watch the first part i mean it's all basically about this witch that put a curse on shady side and so that's why all these awful things are happening and yes i do think that there will be a jason kill i think there's going to be a lot of jason references and i hope so maybe that'll save it just because i love jason so much but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Because they made a lot of missteps in this first one. Like, I personally, the kill, though, that was shown in the first one is crazy. But it was, like, too late. The best kill of the movie. Yeah. yeah at but, that point, I was like, you can't save me now. Or you can't, like, keep me invested now. Like, I'm out. I did want to ask you, though, before we move on to talking about Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh Did you have like a favorite Fear Street book or one that just comes to mind that you really liked? So, because I read so many, I'm not going to be able to remember. There's one that's like so vivid to me. It was definitely like, I think it might have been called Winter Break. It wasn't Spring Break because I remember Spring Break. But this one might have been Winter Break where they went up to like this snow resort. And the, the image was literally like a ski lift in like, like, do you remember? Can you picture it? I remember. But I thought that one was really good. That one always, like, kind of comes to mind. Well, so I just got back to reading some of them again. And I remember I always really liked the Halloween party cover. Mm, Yes. There's, like, a pumpkin, like, chasing the lady. (laughs) And, like, I just, I'm like, that's so cool. I just reread that one. And I was, I I really liked the story. What I like about the books, and I wish that they would have translated to the film, is like they just get in and they get out. Like there's Mm -hmm. a bunch of kills, stuff happening with these teens, but they don't really, I feel, hang on the drama of what's going on in their lives because I don't care. I didn't need any of that in Fear Street 1994. I wasn't invested in any, the only character I was invested in was Josh. I was like, protect yes. him at all costs. Like he's a little, I just, he was like a little thing. I just wanted to carry around in my pocket. Who was 12 <laughs> also, who I swear he lied to get the part. <laughs> yeah. Well, didn't Ben look him up and he's actually like 23 years old. No, he's just 19. I'm pretty oh, sure he's 19. just 19. But I was like, I think he lied to get the, the role because he's such a little nugget. Like he's so little and he has like a little baby face, but I don't know. Some of the other actors are like in their 20s, which that does fit the Jason bill because yeah, you got 30 or 40 year olds playing like teens. Right. 
Oh my god, those those movies killed me. Where they were like forty five year old graying man, and he's like a teenager, or, or like a twenty year old camp counselor. <laughs> it's too fun. good. It's yeah. too good. I don't know. We'll report back on part two because we're both gonna watch it actually yep. in a couple days. So we'll let you know what we think of it. But maybe I will like this one better because I'm going in with such a low expectation. All right, let's see what you have now. And it might be great. Give it the benefit of the doubt. But we should definitely get in get into uh, our heartthrob and Howard the Duck. Yeah, I do think it's time for Girl Talk. Talk, talk, talk. Girl Talk, talking back. Girl Talk Dateline, the game about the two things girls like best, talking on the phone and... I'd love to go. Bye. This is the segment of the show when we talk about the flick featuring, which is now July's heartthrob, Leia Thompson. Once again, you know, we are celebrating with two episodes and we will kick things off with the 1986 film, Howard the Duck. And remember, for the film to end up on the Slumber Party watch shelf, it needs to earn at least five gold stars. And so as we're chatting, if you hear a little twinkle sound, that signifies that it earned a star. And Katie, share with us some of the criteria for earning a star. Yes. Let me refresh everyone's memories. You can earn a star. I mean, honestly, sometimes I can get a little bit, like, picky. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like we have a good good basis. So anyway, Amal, Babe Alert, Radical Fashions, Bodacious Soundtrack, A Bad Boy, Nudies, A Rebel Girl, Pizza Delivery, First Kiss, Wild Hair, and Crazy Cuisines. We're also open to adding more to this list. So if you have something that is like super cool and super fun, shoot us a note on Twitter at DearBFFPod and uh, we'll take it into consideration. And to go back to what you said earlier, I think it's more that you sometimes give a star and then you want to take it away. Yeah, like I want to rip a, I want to rip a corner off. Like, I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't do that so soon. Yeah, because we would have been giving stars to Fear Street. I feel we both would have fell victim to giving it a star for the soundtrack. Yeah. (laughs) That got annoying. And so, like, I feel that's an example where I maybe would have ripped the star in half. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely times where, like, a movie just upsets me. Just because I had these, like, should I? But then you always remind me and you're like, it would have been, it would be fun if we were at a slumber party. And I'm like, you're right, Right. you're right. Yeah. For those that haven't seen Howard the Duck, it was directed by Willard Hayek in 1986. And it stars Leah Thompson, Jeffrey Jones, and Tim Robbins. And Howard the Duck himself is played by Ed Gale and voiced by Chip Zine. And I must add... Ed Gale was also in Child's Play, which is a favorite film of ours because we both love Chucky. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi Ho. I mean, Chucky is an icon. Let's, like, matter of fact, end of sentence, he is an icon. For me to find out that Howard the Duck was also Chucky, he might have gotten an extra star just for that. Right. But that's not part of the criteria. (laughs) True. 
Chucky Child's Play, it will always hold a special place in my heart, though, because it was that evening when you randomly showed up at my house and we watched Chucky and you made me a lovely drink in a John Cena cup. Yes. And if you want to hear about the John Cena cup story, I think you have to go back a couple episodes uh, yeah. where we do discuss it. But wait, I'm confused. Like, was that the first time that you watched Child's Play? Yes, it was. Because you know what? As a child, I was always terrified of Chucky. I thought he was very creepy. Uh, I mean, and still to this day, I find elements to be very creepy when you go back and watch them. So I can imagine your fear. You know, I think what makes it so creepy is because he looks so real. Because he's an actual puppet that they maneuvered around in the film whereas like today you see so much cgi that like even with the new chucky that came out i don't know a couple years ago we went and saw it oh yeah buddy i buddy or something like but that was cgi yeah it didn't it didn't look as scary to me it's when it looks real that i'm like yeah but i'm thinking of clifford the new clifford that's coming out no 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 we are not watching Clifford. that's one that's when i just feel like it should be a big dog because that dog is scary yeah it's gonna be bad it looks really bad it looks bad with howard the duck prior to watching this though you had not seen it so did you happen to take a look at the original box the vhs uh yes i did you told me don't read a thing don't look at anything Except I did look at the cover because that's how we always pick and choose. So literally when I first, I thought this was like a children's movie because I thought that Howard was like a kid. Like I think I said he kind of looks like a little Macaulay Culkin-ish. And then like the picture or like him on the, he's reading Rolling Stone magazine with Leah Thompson on the cover. And she's like this big rock star. And like, it was going to be like some adventure story of how he like met her and like felt like, I don't know, they got together or whatever, but I was wrong. Well, I'm happy to report. I was able to track down the box and I'm going to share with you what's on the back, but I'm warning you. It's a lot. (laughs) Buckle in. (laughs) Here we go. Movie wizard George Lucas presents this comedy adventure about a fast-talking, cigar-chomping, beer-loving duck from a parallel universe who somehow winds up in Cleveland. This incredible fantasy has Howard the object of everybody's desire, in love with rock singer Leah Thompson, and doing battle with the evil dark overlord as he attempts to return to his own planet. The wacky, elaborate, produced spoof of life, love, comic books, and horror movies from the team of Willard Hayek and Gloria Katz features songs of Thomas Dolby and the special effects magic of George Lucas's Industrial Light and Magic Company. So, Hmm. that tells you nothing. (laughs) And honestly, it tells you nothing for the longest winded synopsis. Like, I had, no like, Dark Overlord and, like, Rock Singer. Like, sounds really cool. It, it, it's basically just, like, patting George Lucas on the back for being amazing. <laughs> right. Well, for the magic. Magic. The special effects, which are, like, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. They're not. It was the 80s, so 
Yeah. But <laughs> it's one of these movies where you really just need to kind of let it happen. Like, you just got to let it go. Because there's no real rhyme or reason as to why anything's happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, the mo- the minute the movie started, I was just like, I have no idea what I'm in for. But I'm watching it. And I feel like I really loved all, like, the clever duck puns through the start. Like, on the movie posters and, like, the mail. That was pretty neat. Yeah. I, I love... I actually really enjoy the opening. Like, where you see Howard's, I guess, world. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, basically he has everything like we do here. It's just duck eyes. And duck bills. <laughs> yes. And ducktails. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Yeah. This is categorized as an action adventure comedy. But like, I feel like when it first opens, I like seriously thought it was like a noir of sorts because it gives that like whole vibe with like the music. And it reminded me of like Silk Stockings. Oh my God, Silk Stockings. I remember the intro to that so vividly. It aired, like, I think it aired on USA, like, late. And by late, I mean, like, 11, like, pre-midnight. And I I mean, I never got past the opening credits. I was always so worried that somebody was going to, like, hear the music and know that I was like, what are you watching? It's that Silk Stockings scandalous show. But yeah, I definitely picked up on the noir vibes. They really made Cleveland look, like, so kind of gritty and it was dark steam was coming from the ground i i kind of see where your vibe was there yeah yeah just to go back to silk stockings for one moment (laughs) i do want to share the one time to your point about the intro my brother and i we were like watching like we never saw the show before the intro came on and like i think we must have laughed for like 15 minutes straight like we could not (laughs) stop laughing but we turned it off too because we didn't want to get in trouble yeah it just seemed like one of those shows that your parents would be like you're grounded for a week you should not be watching this before we get to cleveland though i do want to bring up within the first like 10 some odd minutes or so you do witness some nudies nudies being duck boobs a woohoo that also happened like within the first five minutes because that was like when he got sucked out of his apartment and it went past the lady in the bathtub and she was full out duck boobs and it was not what I was expecting to see because again my initial thought was that this was a child's movie (laughs) yeah and I let you just think it was a child's movie like I was just like sure a kid's film i think it's rated pg oh yeah but there's boobs do you think it's do you think it's different because there's like fur i guess (laughs) i don't know somebody get me george lucas on the phone i have questions but i i really wish i could have seen your face because i know what my face was the first time i saw it i was mortified did you like you were like oh my god what am i watching i just was like who did this, did this? 
who thought, oh, I'm going to put this on film? I mean, yeah. Who, like, who molded this costume? Yeah, it was very weird. And then she was drinking a martini in the tub. And that, I mean, sure, you're drinking in the bathtub. That's fine. But it was just a lot. It was a lot to take in. I also felt like we were in for seeing lots more like duck boobs. But thankfully, those just are the only the only pair. Yeah, because then to your point, Howard gets sent to Earth and he ends up in Cleveland. And yeah, I mean, he ends up in like this alleyway and he stumbles upon a rebel girl and our heartthrob, Marty McFly's mom, Leah Thompson, who plays Beverly. Honestly, she's like a total babe. She is a babe. I mean, she's a babe always, but in this... She's babe. I feel the moment she meets Howard, though, like for some reason, which I don't understand, she's like enamored, but not in the way that's like, oh, this, you know, person, creature is different, like clearly not from Earth. Right. But she's like smitten with him. This is unreal. I mean, it can't be. Thanks. You're not really, uh, uh, Oh, Doc. You know, this is beginning to seriously undermine my self-esteem. <laughs> it's really weird to me. <laughs> I I feel like, okay, so I didn't really get that vibe right off the bat. I almost got like she was stunned and she was like, oh my gosh, did I drink a lot? Like where I came from or like, did I hit my head? Because I feel like there was a moment later, like maybe like 10 minutes later when they get to her apartment. And she gets him like all cozy under the covers that I felt there was like sparks. Like I feel like after talking to him for a little bit, she was like, wow, you're not so different. And then like kind of felt something. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. She stumbles upon him in this alley alleyway and like she doesn't mess around. She's like, oh, just come back to my apartment. You have nowhere to stay. And I think that's why I feel like who does that? Like, oh, I just meet some person or creature. Yeah. Oh, just come up. Come up to my apartment. It's fine. Like, I trust you weird. completely. Yeah. I do want to talk about her apartment because I feel it deserves a star and possibly creating like a new category. Mm. Maybe called like dream digs because I personally, I love her place like it's basically a loft but she has so many cool like trinkets and like knickknacks and I feel like I might be imagining this but I I want to pretend that there's a pinball machine I can envision I can envision the pinball machine but I also can say it could be a little hazy I feel like if I were younger that would have totally been like the vibe I love like an open loft like that as like my apartment and the aesthetic was really neat. But now that I'm like older and I wear a robe in the winter, like year long or like the winter, like season long, I I kind of was like, I'm cold. I want to get under the covers and just give it a couple more like throw pillows and a blanket. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I. But I'll give you dream digs. I'll give you the star. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I, I, I do feel it's a pretty cool apartment. I also love her wardrobe and there's at one point 
where she's wearing like this horse on these overalls. I don't know. It has like a horse image on them. It's just so bizarre. I'm like, I think that, yeah, that was when they were in the apartment, right? Like that's when yeah, she had that on. Yeah. So I feel like there were some really radical fashions. Yeah, there is definitely radical fashions in it for being like the 80s. The rocker chic look she pulled it off really well and i i kind of feel like a horse is always just silly and funny and I, I i love it yeah i i don't know where she got the costume i mean obviously they had somebody on set picking all this stuff out but it's just like where did they find this stuff it's bizarre beverly made me want to get and you're probably gonna hate this but, like, I really want a hair crimper now. <laughs> Her hair is so large, but it looked awesome. Like, I love that messy look, but I was reading later, like, she wished that she would have worn a wig because I guess, like, probably doing all of that, like, crimping and I don't know, they probably had to put so much product in her hair to get it like that. It really screwed up her hair. Her whole look was like based on like a Cindy Lauper, like slash Madonna thing. I can see that because I feel like the headbands and the crimping, the fullness were super like Madonna, very Cindy Lauper. And I just like, I kind of do imagine like her scalp being like pulled and teased. And so it probably, no wonder she wanted to wear a wig. Her like scalp probably hurt. And yeah. her hair was probably, like, frizzled off by, like, the crimper heat. Yeah. They would have had to do that, like, every day that they were filming. Yeah. And her hair, honestly, I feel like from the time the movie – or the time she showed up on the screen to, like, the end, like, her hair grew. It got bigger and bigger each each scene. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty great. I, <laughs> I liked it. I don't know if I'd want to sit through, like, the process. Yeah, because she probably had to show up like two hours before everybody else just to get that hair. Or yeah. like, I mean, obviously Ed Gale was there getting his duck costume on just right. right. But I feel like she, just for that hair alone, was like a lot. Yeah. After she invites Howard to her apartment, they start getting like real comfy cozy. And then she loops in her pal Tim Robbins, who... I believe either you or Ben, my husband, said that you described him as a duckably cute. <laughs> and I cannot remember who said that, but Tim plays Phil Blumbert and he's a scientist of sorts. And so Bev like hopes that Phil can help Howard return to his home planet, Duck World. All right. So I definitely said that Tim Robbins was adorably cute. And then Ben dressed it up with a duck pun, and he was like, he's a duckably cute. But also, Phil Blumbert was annoying. <laughs> yeah, he kind of wears out his welcome pretty quick. And mm -hmm. Howard gets quite upset because it's later revealed that Phil really is just a janitor. So this like causes a tiff between him and Bev. Howard's just like, I don't need your help. My whole career is falling apart. Your career? What about my life? I'm stranded here, shipwrecked. Look at this, what 
wonderful exhibit. You see what I mean? I'm a freak, an outcast. It's so lifelike and realistic. Bug off. Excuse me? I said beat it. <laughs> Mutants. You two, leave me alone. What? I don't need any more of your sympathy, your charity. Okay. Okay, fine. I mean, I just found something. Huh? I mean, somebody in a pretty weird predicament, and I was trying to help. Mm-hmm. That's the way you want it. And so long, ducky. Hm. Don't shed any tears over me, toots. You can wallow in your own self-pity. Right. Well, who needs you? I don't need anybody. Yeah, right. And he ends up going to the unemployment office because, yeah, totally normal for a duck to walk <laughs> into an unemployment office. But yet he does end up like getting a job like really quickly at like this hot tub place, which, yes, I said hot tub place. Hot, hot tub place. I don't know. I So I feel like the woman that worked at the employment office was like, I've never not gotten somebody a job or like a position. So she saw getting like this duck man as a challenge. So she was like, you're, I'm getting you a job. You're going to, I don't care what your qualifications are and that you're walking around like a duck. I'm getting you a job. So then the hot tub place was interesting because he was just like going around cleaning up towels and I was really prepared for like a lot of nudies here because it seemed like something scandalous was going on behind these doors and like what yeah. an odd place like do places like that exist I have no idea I mean it was definitely I agree there was something else going on there this I guess it was supposed to be like a spa I really don't But know. like like a sexy spa like for just like people to like get it on because I feel like there was like a lot of what about that part where he like walked in on two people like we didn't get to really see what happened but there's something going on There was something going on and I don't know there was like mud baths the mud baths all sorts of things it was very weird I do kind of like though how society like in this film just accepts the talking talk I was reading that the executive producer, your buddy, George Lucas. My he buddy. Spent two million bucks <laughs> on this. Oh my god. Suit. And that like eight different actors had to work inside the costume. Ed Gale, who I mentioned earlier, he was like the main person that performed most of the scenes as Howard. Imagine spending two million bucks on a duck suit. That's when you know that someone has money to burn. Like, George Lucas has a room in his house where he just dives into co his coins and swims around like Scrooge McDuck. Every day that and there you go, another duck pun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, after this spa job didn't work out for so many reasons, uh... Howard ends up at the bar. I didn't even mention this. And you had forgotten too, maybe. But like Beverly is in this really kick-ass rock band called Cherry Bomb. Like there's just so many, so much going on in the movie. It's so easy to like forget like these little details. Like we first saw the band 
right as like Howard made his way, like made his way from Duckworld to Cleveland. So I feel like a lot was going on that you're just kind of, oh my God, Howard's in America, like on earth in an American city. And then Beverly is playing at this like punk rock club. That band was totally kick-ass. I enjoyed them. I also love how they played played behind like a chain link fence just so people couldn't like throw like beer bottles and stuff at them or something. Um, I thought that that was pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, they well, they definitely do that in the movie Roadhouse, where the band always plays behind a fence because people like throw glass at them. Like if they don't like a song. Yes. Like, Mm. oh, they're playing a slow song. I'm going to throw my beer bottle. Why waste a perfectly good beer? Well, I think they drink it before. It's like they save empties to throw. You know, it can go through a chain link fence, though. What? A tomato. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. I didn't see any food being thrown at them. But I did see when Howard was at the bar. That's when he has a fight with their, like, sleaze merchant of a manager. And basically just, like, tells the manager, I'm the manager now. I feel this part is so weird because basically Howard's resigned himself. I'm not going back to Duck World. I'm just going to stay here and now I'm going to manage this band. Yeah. It was all of a sudden, like, he just walked into this opportunity. And that guy was so sleazy. Like, I hated him. He was definitely getting what howard gave to him regardless like somebody was gonna punch him in the face because he was just awful i do love that howard just like walks into like opportunities and like life just worked out for him yeah and the band accepts it and then you know a couple seconds later there's a pizza delivery from Mm, yes initially like you'd think howard probably never had pizza but apparently in duck world like i said before They seem to, like, just have everything that we have here on Earth. It's just in terms of ducks, which I I don't know. Like, I'm just so shocked that they have pizza. I feel like, you know, alien ducks maybe just were spying and saw pizza and were like, we need that because we know how great pizza is. Yeah. I I buy it. But it it is kind of fun. I like all the duck puns. Yeah. It wasn't probably called Pizza Hut. No, I I came up with something stupid and it was like Pizza Duck. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It falls short. Yeah. I mean, it's just so, so bizarre. I feel at this point is when the movie just, I mean, if you didn't think it did already, it really starts to go off the rails because there's just like a ton of very bad cheesy effects like katie said i mean it's like very 80s and there's also an interesting scene where leia thompson and howard duck are in their pajamas together in bed which i do have a question if beverly if beverly had a baby with howard would she lay an egg oh my god i i don't think that would happen i don't even think that howard could make a baby in beverly but then like we were definitely texting you texted something like that to me or maybe it was was it bet no i think it was you of course it was you and so then i had to google what a duck penis looked like and then i had to share it with you because you were the one that came up with this question 
So for me, I don't think she would have really enjoyed having sexual relations with Howard. Well, yeah, because you do have to share now. Like when you Googled it, mm-hmm. what did it look like? Um, A corkscrew. Yes. Furry corkscrew. <laughs> actually, Which, I don't think it was. I don't think it was furry. Yeah. I actually learned about this from the Hate Watch, Great Watch podcast because Allison Yakulis apparently watched something on like the Nature Channel. <laughs> How she, so like I had not ever seen it, but I knew or was aware of it. But then you Googled it. You had to see it. Those are the rules. I understand. (laughs) Fortunately, unfortunately, Sexy Times was interrupted. And an evil scientist, Dr. Jennings, arrives and wants to take Howard. At some point, this evil scientist became inhabited by a dark overlord, I guess from Duckworld. It's not really that important. But what is important is there's, like, an entire diner sequence that happens. And I love that, like, throughout this whole movie, like, Howard keeps either demanding a beer, ordering a beer, or drinking beer. Uh, listen, would you like something to eat or, um, drink, uh, milk? I could put it in a bowl. Oh, doll, I don't drink out of bowls. You got a beer? Beer? Right. Beer. uh, Right. Yeah, like Howard is super relatable. And I I definitely idolize him for that. Like he doesn't dick around. Like he's like, because what happened during, you just glazed over that little experiment when they were trying to get Howard back. So then Dr. Jennings gets like overtaken by the dark, is it just the Dark Lord? What is his name again? Dark Lord. Yeah, the Dark Lord. He gets, like, overtaken, and then he's, like, they drive, and then they end up at a diner, which is great because I always love a diner scene. But he just continues to get grosser and grosser as they're sitting there. Yeah, And this is where I was, like, these special effects are certainly something. Yeah, and the diner scene in particular does get wild. There's a whole, like, part where the patrons and the chef want to cook Howard. He exclaims, they're seasoning me. And it's like, what is happening? Like, what? <laughs> oh, that part. I felt so bad for him because so much was happening. Like, these patrons, like, took over and were like, we're going to eat him. We're going to, like, fillet him. And, like, it was yes. just very, it was just so upsetting. And yeah. I can't believe that these people were going to eat this, like, child-sized talking duck. And that's the other thing. Like, if you were in a diner... Like, I would just think it's a kid in a duck suit. Yeah, I would have thought he was, like, dressing up for, like, Halloween or, like, just, like, one of those kids that, like, really loves, like, a certain costume and just, like, wears it everywhere. Yeah. It was bizarre. Yeah, my brother, when we were children, like, he would just wear frog boots everywhere. Like, Imagine we- if he dressed up like a frog. Like yeah, a full frog. Like, then are they going to cook him? Frog, <laughs> frog legs. I feel like it's just one of these movies where you have to, like, experience it to, like, really understand the absurdity and just, like, the onslaught of chaos on the eyes. And that's such a true statement because it is, like, there are just so many absurd moments that, like, I would still be stuck in the previous scene that, like, of something that just happened that I could, like, completely missed 
what just ha- like what's happening in the moment which is why you'll watch it again at the slumber party <laughs> but in the end howard does stay on earth and beverly becomes like this major rock star which also led me to the theory that marty mcfly is actually the son of beverly and howard <laughs> Because at the end, when she plays the Howard the Duck theme song, it just like screamed Back to the Future to me, like when Marty's playing Johnny Be Good at the dance. And then like, plus, Marty like has some Howard the Duck features, I feel. I mean, maybe like in the eyes, like there's something innocent about Howard's eyes and Marty's eyes, like just those clear blue, kind of like wide eyed. They're both little, they're compact. However, I think that's a stretch. (laughs) And I think you just wanted to get a Back to the Future reference in there, which is fine. It's fine by me. You know I like it. And also, our beloved Leah Thompson is in Back to the Future. Um, But anyway, I think we should wrap this up. I mean, we did have a lot to go through with Howard the Duck. But I think we should get to the totals and see see where we're standing. So want to get out your diary? Yes, and do you have the clicky pen ready? I do. All right. It's not clicking. (laughs) (laughs) It never clicks when I need it. Well, dear diary, Howard the Duck has earned a total of six stars for nudies, radical fashions, dream digs, babeler, and pizza delivery. Despite the flick not having a coherent story, this is a wild watch and is sure to bring lots of laughs at any slumber party. Rosalie. You said six stars and you forgot our heartthrob. Oh, so it actually earned seven. No, wait, hold on. I can't count. <laughs> you named five things, but I guess we didn't like, oh. I guess Babe Alert was. You know what? You're right. It's six, but I didn't say heartthrob. It's I okay. just wanted to give it an extra star. I see. I mean, I I know. But I'm not going to lie. I tried really, really, really hard to not get this place on the shelf. So once we get a couple more things like on there, I might have to just like toss this one into the garbage. I feel like over time, like I'll be like, Katie, I want to rewatch <laughs> it. And you're going to be like, I don't know. It's gone. I'll be like, it's so packed. I can't find it. Yeah, it'll just it'll well, be missing. It'll be missing. I just want to remind you with Howard the Duck, you actually took a star away because initially we did think that this was going to have a bodacious soundtrack, but that was removed rather quickly because a lot of the songs, like it started off pretty well. And I like the song that Leah Thompson sings, the Howard the Duck song. (laughs) Howard. It's all right, toots.
I think I also liked the first song, like when we at the at the club, like the first song. Yes. Or maybe it was the one after. I don't know. There was another song that the Cherry Bomb sang. But like the rest of the soundtrack, that was it. Like there was two isolated good songs and that was it. Well, I I still think you're going to find yourself wanting to revisit this one because you're going to be like, you know what? I don't really remember all of it. And plus there, I do feel like if you have a sugar crash, like at a slumber party and you fall asleep and then you wake up and you hear this like amazing song at the end, you're like, oh my God, I, I'm going to rewatch it again. Or maybe I'm going to put on the sequel back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> you got it you got it in there again <laughs> yes. yeah and I mean I'm sure because there are things that I have forgotten already that happened in this movie and I would probably need a nap so you're right I'd probably fall asleep and then get up and just put point break on because that's our our options are really low right now yeah we at only this have point. a couple we only have, we a, have couple. a couple but at least this one made the shelf and now we have three we have three movies yeah so it's exciting yeah. We're getting some flicks on the shelf. We have to make room for more. Well, Slumberkins, we thank you for coming to our slumber party. We hope you had a blast. And join us later this month. We will be doing another episode, which will feature Heartthrob of the Month, Leah Thompson. And I know Katie ran a poll recently, and I am completely blanking on what the second film is. <laughs> it's going to be some kind of wonderful Thank you. Which I have actually, I've never seen. So neither have I. So that's very exciting too. And I feel like this one's going to end up on the shelf. Yes. Just because there's like, I think the cover alone is like three hotties. Oh. Yeah. And actually, I know when the voting was going on, my husband, Benjamin, mentioned like, oh, people are going to pick this. Like, this Oh, oh yes. He did say that. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about it. Yeah, so so am I. Uh, go ahead. I was going to just remind everyone to follow us on the social meets because we do do a couple like, I mean, polls will be happening. We might start to do a couple contests. So look out for that. Um, so follow us on Instagram at bestfriendsforever.pod and again on Twitter at dearbffpod for some fun content. Yes, and you can also email us at dearbffpod at gmail.com. And if you want to join our fan club, send us a letter with your name, address, and birthday to Attention Movie John. And that's Movie J A W N, P.O. Box 20172, Philadelphia, PA 19145. And if you drop us a line, we might just send you some goodies when we write back. Compliments of our fan club president, Mr. Clink who has gifted us some vintage trading cards. And Katie, I believe it is your turn to open. I got them right here. <laughs> oh my God. Um, you know how much I love this part. I get so excited to open. Um, and this is like an easy, that was easy to open because it's one of those foil, like, oh. like thin foil ones. But this one is called Bill and Ted's most atypical movie cards and on the, okay. on the on the front it was like it says win a bodacious trip to san dimas california so i wonder if anybody ever actually won that trip because i have some of the cards in here i mean i'm just imagining now like what if you won 
like now, like if I won and I like cashed in and I was like, hey, I'm coming to San Dimas. <laughs> I would like to believe that they'd have to meet you there. Yeah, like Keanu Reeves will have to stop what he's doing on John Wick, the next one, and just like hang out with me. And the Grim Reaper would have to be there too. I would be like, you better come. Yes. So um, it's just like a bunch of... I love it. Also says like it's the pro set on the bottom right hand corner. <laughs> so like, what's the not pro set look like? Yeah, like what's the amateur set? Who knows? But there's cards from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. So like they're all. It's like a mishmash of both, and they have like these pictures. And if you turn it over, it has like a fun little fact of like a scene. So one of this, one of it is um, from Bill and Ted's bogus journey. It is the grim reaper. And on the back, it just says the grim reaper instructs Bill and Ted to choose their game. If they lose their eternal destiny is doomed. The first game Bill and Ted are challenged to is battleship. Um, And I do actually remember, I do remember that when they had to play like a bunch of games. Yeah. And then they like the Grim Reaper lost. Um, but you think I should send away for this? I do. <laughs> you think I should enter? Yeah. Sometimes like when I'm reading like old magazines, like I'll see things and I'm like, oh, I really want to buy that. And like, they're like, damn it. Where is that? Where can I buy that? Like it's like a, oh, limited t-shirt offer. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. I want that t-shirt. Well, this card on the outside of this card, you can win. Oh no, you can send away for a t-shirt. It can be yours for $8.95 plus $3 shipping and handling. And with each t-shirt order, you'll receive a free pair of pro set sunglasses. Oh my God. So like that kind of like, I felt jealous that I can't, I can't get that. Oh my God. Hold on. I have to read the prizes now. Oh my gosh. Hold on. I just opened something up. It's a scratch off. I may have won something. Let's look. Oh my God. So I'm live on the air. Ah, sorry, dudes. Try again is oh, what it said. But grand prize is a four-day, three-night trip for two. Ooh, you can come with me. Well, not anymore because I lost to San, <laughs> San Dimas, California. First prize is a GTE telephone booth. Whoa. And then, like, do you get the real thing? That'd be so cool. And then many other prizes include... Bill and Ted's Nintendo games, Bill and Ted's Game Boy games, and Bill and Ted's t-shirts. What? They really made a lot of, like, merchandise. They did. I bet there's a lot of t-shirts still floating around, too. Oh, I'm sure. And now I kind of want to play the Game Boy game. You know who I bet has it? Clank. Yeah. Clank, when you listen to this episode, (laughs) let us know. Yeah. Send us your Game Boy. And a Game Boy, because I don't have one anymore. (laughs) Yeah, he probably has, like, four. Oh, yeah. Like, all the colors. Like, when they came out with those, like, rad different colors for mm-hmm. a little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was fun. I'm yeah. glad I got to open the Bill and Ted stuff up. Yeah, and I actually, I feel really bad. Somebody just pestered me recently. I will get to uploading some of the old trading cards. Uh, somebody requested they wanted to see the trolls. And was that I realized, Mike? No, it was <laughs> actually, <like> <laughs> actually Slumberkin 
Ashley Jane. Oh, really okay. wanted to see the trolls after she heard you describing them. And I said, you know what? I got to get them up on Instagram. So we will post the Bill and Ted as well so that you can see the different cards that Katie got in the pack. I am kind of sad, though, there was no gum. We still haven't gotten no. any gum. No gum. Because whoever gets it has to eat it. Yeah, that's the rule now. On the air. And I want to hear, like, the sound, the snapping. <sighs> I hope it's not me. I think it's going to be you. Well, as Katie said, don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram at bestfriendsforever.pod. And that's where you can see snapshots of all the different trading cards that we open and if you feel like being kind you can go on to apple pods and rate and review the show we recently received a comment from ek nautica saying super relatable fun and high quality production love the nostalgic references and personal stories the film gab is so engaging and leaves me wanting to check out the heartthrob in their lesser-known flick. Impossible not to smile while listening. Thank you. Aw, thank you, EK Nautica. Consider yourself an honorary slumberkin. Um, so you guys, rate and review us, and we'll read your comment on air. Like, we literally will read every single one. And if we can't read every single one, I will go Instagram Live and start reading them. That, yeah. <laughs> that would be <wild>. Boring. <laughs> you say wild, I'm like boring <laughs> yes and i just wanted to give a shout out to movie john's ashley jane davis for our radical theme tunes and hollywood hunk hugo marmuji for our nifty logo and best friends forever is part of the movie john podcast network and we thank you for listening please enjoy a short advert from our official un unofficial sponsor polly pocket bye bye i'm polly pocket want to see what's new Really fun compacts just for you. Polly Pocket has a stage where she dances ballet. In her shiny tutu, so pretty today. Polly Pocket. Polly's water fun park, a big slide for the pair. Then happy birthday. Surprise, it's a bear. Polly Pocket. Polly Pocket. Now there's lots more ways to have a Polly Day. Polly Pocket party time surprise, water fun park, and ballerina Polly compacts are each sold separately.